On this edition of Larry the Golf Guy, we talk with Joe Groman, who is someone who is a nationally recognized instructor specializing in rehabilitation clinics for all sorts of folks with physical and other challenges, and disabled veterans, blind people, wounded warriors, and the like. Um, and um, he was recognized by the PGA of America with the 2021 um, PGA of America Patriot Award um, and um, also has gotten many awards, including the, um, I know one that's special, the Armed Forces Recreation Special Citation Award from the U.S. Navy for all the work he's done. So we talk about that, but the first part of the podcast, we spend a fair amount of time talking about all of his experiences with Tiger Woods because Joe spent 20 years of his career at the Navy golf course in Cypress, California. And in particular, he was there, he started as an assistant in 1989 and met Earl Woods and and the young Tiger who was, uh, I think, around 13 years old then. And um, he became part of Team Tiger with Earl and um, Tilda and um, spent a lot of time those couple of years with Tiger. So we reminisce about that as well as talk about... um, uh, the rest of his career, where he's um, just been a major, major player in the adaptive golf space. Um, so up next uh, on this edition of Larry the Golf Guy, Joe Groman. Welcome to another edition of Larry the Golf Guy. And I am really pleased to be able to welcome to our show Joe Groman, um, who has had uh, quite a career in golf and particularly in the adaptive golf space, which we'll get into. Uh, Joe, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks, Larry. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to this. Um, so let's just maybe give folks a little bit of context and go back to the beginning, um, which is Plattsburgh, New York. Although I think you you moved around a little bit, but, but Plattsburgh, uh, I know a little bit only because I grew up in New England and West Hartford, and that is that is far north and not exactly um, climate that's conducive to a long golf season, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. The running joke is uh, we had nine months of winter and three months of, bla- of bad sledding. We're <laughs> uh, 60 miles due south of Montreal, Canada, way up in uh, upstate New York. There's a Plattsburgh Air Force Base there that uh, we were transferred to. And... You know, all my life, I'd seen my dad's golf clubs in the garage. And I was seven years old at this time. And finally, I unzipped one of the zippers on the bag. And there was a shiny white ball in there. And that changed everything. Wow, that's your introduction. That's great. Yeah, so I'm like, (laughs) oh, it's on. I know what this is. I'd been watching golf on TV, you know, and I knew you counted and all that stuff. So I grabbed the mcgregor tourney driver and i grab a tee and i'm sitting there on the on the green belt on base in plattsburgh air force base and i'm trying to hit this man's driver picture now i'm seven years old with a man's driver yeah i kept going i kept whiffing it i kept going right over the top hit the ground behind pop over and i'm counting and i and i keep missing an account two three five keep going i'm up to 18 and tears are pouring out of my eyes I'm crying I'm so frustrated and angry that I couldn't hit this ball with this driver finally number 19 man smack I hit (laughs) it it goes about 
you know, three inches above the ground, screams across the street, hits the curb on the other side, ricochets back right over my shoulder. Oh, wow. And goes, breaks the bathroom window of our oh. neighbor's house, oh. right? <laughs> my first <laughs> ball I've ever hit, I break a window with. But I was hooked from that. And uh, lo and behold, we had a, you know, that summer I was hitting balls in the in that field that I was trying to hit into. I started, of course, I went to the other side of the street from yeah. then on. And then uh, <laughs> finally, near the end of the summer, dad, my dad said, hey, we got a golf course here. And uh, took me to that to the Plattsburgh Air Force Base golf course. And uh, and the rest was history I was off to the races from then with golf. And, and you, um, that's awesome. I love that. And so you get bitten by the bug you're playing and, um, uh, you end up with a lot of success. I mean, as I, if I'm remembering right as a seventh grader, you ended up playing on your high school team. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a small town. I was a big fish, a little pond there, but, uh, you know, I won all the junior golf events. So they brought me up to the high school golf team in seventh grade, which, which was pretty good. Uh, and then of course we finished, uh, when I was a freshman, we came in second in the state in 1980 for Plattsburgh high school, which was the, the best finish by a, by our, by a, by our high school since the 1932 speed skating state championship. We had wow. So it was a pretty big deal. It was, it was great. It was great. It was a great team to live on, but <clears throat> more importantly at that base, you know, I hooked up with a chief master sergeant, Jim Hickey was, active duty at the time, but he was a base golf course manager. And, you know, I was having success in junior golf and he really took me under his wing and mentored me. Um, you know, I got through a, a really, you know, my parents got divorced at this time when I was 10 okay. and he was there for me, mentoring me, coaching me, keeping my head on straight. He meant, and what he did for me meant so much to me. Mm. And this kind of leads into what happened, um, later on in my life. Uh, but, that experience with Jim Hickey uh, set the stage for everything I've done, you know, in trying to give back wow. uh, that was where that came from. So what happened, uh, you know, I'm still in Plattsburgh about 15 and, and I'm watching uh, Jack Nicholas sweating through his shirt in February out in Palm Springs on television. And it hadn't gotten above zero <clears throat> in Plattsburgh. So I'm like, man, if I get it, I got to get out of here. I, you know, I want to be a golf pro and, and so when I was 17, my stepdad got a job out at Northrop uh, okay. out here out in Southern California. He got a job sure. at North. He's actually one of the test pilots on the B2. Oh, wow. That's cool. cool. Yeah. And so I went, I, I took the, I went. And before I left Jim Hickey, this guy who had mentored me since I was like seven, eight years old. Now I'm 17. This guy's a big figure in my life. He meant a lot to me. Got me through a rough patch. You know, always supported me always encouraged me and he told me uh you know when i didn't do this for free when you get in a position you need to pay this forward yeah and i was like you know and that's stuck with me because again i mean i'm sure we all have people in our youth that mean so much to us and this was the guy so i go to california i moved to california you know i played golf for cal state fullerton for a couple years and you know, said, guy kind of got into it with the coach uh, a little bit. And I said, you know, I'm going to turn pro. I turned pro. And 
you know, I was okay. married, I had a baby. I did everything wrong. <laughs> <laughs> that, that sort of fizzled out pretty quick. And uh, and finally, at one point, I said, you know, I came out here to be a golf pro. I'm just, I'm, I want to work at a golf course and da 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 da. So I, I called the Navy golf course. It was yeah. the 42nd phone call that day. I was 42 calls and, and called the Navy golf wow. course. And they actually wow. needed someone. They needed an ops clerk. So before I even started, which was just part-time, which was great, but before I even started, a full-time position opened up in the shop. Boom. Just like that. I'm working at the Navy golf course. I couldn't have been more excited. I finally got this, you know, this thorn in my side of giving back. I'm finally going to have an opportunity to do so. I'm super excited. Right. right. So I, I, I'm telling the pro, yeah, I'm, I'm here. And this guy in Plattsburgh did this for me and it's been a thorn in my side. I get to pay it forward now. And he goes, well, he was a Southern, Southern guy and had a little bit of a stutter. He said, ah, you know, other than we're 26 miles from Long Beach Naval Station. So other than a one week junior class during the summer, we don't have any kids because no one's going to drive from Long Beach to Cyprus you know, the areas yep, a long yep. way through LA traffic. And back then the freeways, this is, this is an 89, you know, they're all yeah. three laners. They weren't even four laners back right, then. So right. it just take you forever to get anywhere. And he goes, yeah, we don't, other than a one week junior program during the summer, we don't have any kids here. He must've seen the disappointment on my face. You know, he goes, well, we got one, <laughs> that one kid, that I had this, you know, urge to do all this giving, paying it forward. We had one kid turns out to be Tiger Woods. Right. Exactly. What unbelievable. Yeah. So let's talk about that. So, right. The first clue, if people are listening, when they hear Cyprus, California, of course, that's where Tiger grew up and Earl was a military guy. So, yeah. So talk about that. So what was that like? So this is now, if we're 89, Tiger's born end of December 75. So we're talking about 13 ish uh, years old, if I'm doing my math right. And so, what is that like? I mean, you know, of course, he, everyone knows, of course, Tiger was, I mean, you know, from the Mike Douglas show at age two and, you know, is a phenom. So he was already kind of a phenom, obviously, at 13. But t- talk about what that was like and, and, and what your experience was like with Earl and Tiger. Okay. Well, going back to that story, when the pro said we just had one kid and I said, well, one is better than none. I didn't know it was Tiger Woods. I had never heard of Tiger Woods at this time. I'd been out of golf. You know, the um, I was, you know, until I got the job, I was like I had a car and boat detailing business. I wasn't golfing. Oh, so actually, I'm just this pause. I was going to ask you that. So between Fullerton and 89, you weren't in golf. You were just doing other things, it sounds like then. Correct. Yeah. yeah. And when okay. I was, and then finally, I'm like, I like, I came out here to be a golf pro. Golfer, right? Yeah, I got it. Got the job at the course. Okay, this is why I was here. So I didn't know who the kid was at our course. I didn't see any kids. Um, and what they did right when they hired me, it's like nobody in the shop there. You know, the pro was PGA, but none of the other, the two other assistants were PGA, and nobody liked to teach. The pro didn't like to teach. Those two guys didn't like to teach. And I'm like, hey, I'll do it. I had never even had a golf <laughs> lesson. I played all the way wow. through college golf, not knowing, wow. not knowing what I'm doing. Wow. And uh, <laughs> so I'm out there. And I remember my first lesson, man. I, I, I 
the look on the guy's face, my, he, it just said, you are talking crazy, young man, you know, and it was some admiral or general. He was very nice about it. But I was like, you know, and then when I when I came in, you know, all the all the when I first got the job at Navy, I remember all the retirees. It was a very this golf course is retired and active duty only. OK, they were they didn't allow veterans back then. They didn't even allow reservists back then. Wow. wow. Active duty retired only. So by 10 o'clock in the morning, the first tee's empty. By 2 o'clock in the afternoon, the parking lot's empty. No lie. We had military police. We were, we were attached to Joint Forces Training Base, where that runway is right next to the course. Yeah. Yep. And we had our own military police over there who were just babysitting, babysitting helicopters. So you're like, if I got a fisherman, you know, or anything, they wanted something to do. I got three guys at M16 show up to kick a fisherman off the pond. I mean, it was beautiful. So... <laughs> it, was, it was a great place to, to, uh, to grow up because I had access to that, you know, when I had eventually hooked, you know, got with Tiger and, and Earl. Um, I'm jumping forward a little bit. So let me back up. So I yeah. start teaching. Don't know what I'm doing. Well, Earl was like the first guy there to stick his hand out, shake my hand, welcome me to Navy. Okay. First guy. And I'd been there like two weeks already. And these guys were just kind of, it's their little course. Who's the right, new guy? Sure. Sure. It was it was kind of weird at first. And, you know, Bungie Lark Willis was like saying, well, just, you know, give it time. They'll come. And everybody came around eventually. But Earl was the first guy to stick his hand out. I'm like, finally. So we hit it off. Boom. Immediately. And uh, back then you could smoke in the shop. So I was we, we we hit it off right away. And I told him my dilemma. I go, you know, they got me teaching and I don't know anything, you know, about golf. And he goes, well, you know, I'll be happy to help you. So we get to talking and I remember that first day when he said he would help me, I, we, they used to put the handicap sheets outside the shop so where everyone could see him in the walkway in the breezeway. And I remember after he said he'd help me, I go running out there and I look his name up and he was a one handicap. I'm like, yes, he knows what he's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it, 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 a little bit later on, like a week later, I met Tiger and then Tiger also would help me. Uh, with my golf instructor, I just tell them what's going on with my student and they would like tell me, explain it to me wow. what, wow. what to do. Um, but I remember meeting, uh, so me and Earl hit it off. He started giving me lessons. I'm like, can you, you know, work with me? And I remember he's like, yeah, great guy, great guy. Um, so he started working with me and I remember one day when I was going out to get a lesson from him, He's talking to this kid. This is like a week or two after I met her. It's probably two weeks after I met her. He's talking to this kid. And uh, I didn't know who the kid was because we let Earl teach out there. We let Earl Woods teach lessons at Navy. And I just thought it was a, a student of his. And Earl would say something. The kid would just keep hitting. He wasn't acknowledging Earl. He just keep hitting, keep hitting. Finally, I couldn't take it anymore because it looked like the kid wasn't listening to Earl, who had already established himself to me as just a right. great man, you know. And so finally, I couldn't take it. I go, listen, young man, you want to listen to what this man is saying because he knows what he's talking about. <laughs> and it was Tiger. Tiger looks at me. <laughs> the craziest look you ever see. Earl starts laughing so hard when he was sitting on a club holder and he lost his balance. It almost fell off the club. That's holder. funny. So hard, but that was my introduction to Tiger. Yeah, and the Tiger. Yeah, that's my son Tiger. And uh, so there's more to that. There's there's more to, in that interaction. I'll say for another day. But I met Tiger, 
uh, that day, that way. And uh, about that weekend, we were all playing together on the course. And I remember, I still don't know who Tiger Woods is. He's just Earl's kid. You know, he's just a military brat. I was just checking him out as a fellow military brat. You know, right. or one kid. I'd never heard of Tiger Woods. I still, again, I just got in the job. I wasn't in the golf scene. I didn't know who's who in the zoo back then. So we're playing with this kid. And I remember when I was when I was his age, and I used to beat the airmen at Plattsburgh. And, and I remember this one airman just had an absolute meltdown coming off of 18. So I'm playing with with uh, Tiger. And a bunch of things happened that first round. First of all, you know, like on the every time Tiger went to hit a shot, uh, every every time Earl would start talking, talking like I'm talking to you right now, jiggling is just making all kinds of ruckus. I couldn't believe it. I was thinking, man, I thought this was a great man. He's he's like rude as can be. This poor kid, he's gonna drive this kid nuts. So finally, like on the fifth hole, Earl Tiger goes to hit. Earl just starts talking to me, and I go Earl, and I go shh, and I shushed him, <laughs> and he and he looks at me, his eyes wide. And I nodded over at Tiger putting. And without skipping a beat, Tiger still, he goes, Joe, don't you know what I'm doing? And I'm like, I look at the rest of the group, little help, fellas. Nothing, crickets. He goes, I'm preparing Tiger's putting the whole time. I'm preparing Tiger to play through distraction when he gets to the tour. Right. That's famous. Right. He famously did that, right? I was like, oh, my God. That's the greatest answer a dad could say yeah. to me right in front of his kid yeah and i i was like blown away what an awesome thing to say i thought man that's a as you know i was still young i was 24 then i thought that's the coolest thing i've ever heard a dad say tiger putts makes the putt so me and tiger walking off the green tiger had seen the whole interaction and i, and I go i said to tiger I'd go does he really do that every time you hit a shot Tiger goes, I don't know. I haven't heard anything in two years. <laughs> <laughs> so it was unbelievable. So then um, another, you know, another interesting thing that I heard Earl repeat from that day, you know, because I remember we're playing, we're having a great time and Tiger's in a good mood. And then I like tried to do a little gamesmanship on him. You know, I, I said something like, hey, man, you got to stop kicking my butt or something, you know. Gave him a little attitude, and then you and then you could see the change. This is a thirteen-year-old kid. He's playing awesome. He's an awesome player, and he's beating me. So I threw a little dig at him, and then he just he went. He stopped being all cozy and warm and nice, and just went assassin mode. So a couple holes later, I told Earl in front. You know, when he did that too, I like I like. Uh oh, what did I say? I like hid behind Earl. You know, like I just. And then like two holes later, man, I go. I go, I feel like I'm being assassinated out here. And Earl goes, that's what he is. He's an assassin within the ropes. And I remember that because I remember Earl used it a few more yeah. times throughout his life. I remember hearing yeah. that again. I go, yeah, you got that for me getting my butt kicked by Tiger. I remember that one. So anyway, we're working, we're walking off at 18 and Tiger had beat me. And uh, it, I mean, it really wasn't even close. I think he tripled 17 to only beat me like by two. But um he still shot 70 and we're walking off at of 18 and I, 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 we finished the round. I had to walk off 18 and compose myself. I was so mad. And I flashed back to that when I was 14 and that airman right, right. that I beat was having a meltdown right, and I'm like, right. Oh man, full circle. So I walked right. back, I take everyone's hand. 
I'm walking off the green with Earl and I go, Earl, I go, you got to get this kid into junior golf. He's the best I've seen at any age. And Earl goes, you never heard about my son? And I told him like you, I said, no, I go, I, I've been out of golf completely. You know, I, I haven't, I don't know who he was. He goes, well, come in the lounge and I'll tell you a little bit about him. So we go in the lounge and I remember one thing that struck me, you know, all the tournaments that Tiger won, he already had five junior worlds. Right. Nobody else, I mean, Phil maybe has two. He's got five at 13. So he ended up with like, you know, 10 or 12 junior worlds, but he already had five junior worlds at 13. That's all I needed to hear. I was, these tournaments, the Rolex, the insurance youth classic tiger hadn't just played in them. And my goal as a junior golfer was to right. just get in them. Right. He had won them all. He had won them. So I knew, especially with the five junior worlds, I knew that right then and right there that we were dealing with the second coming. Yeah. I mean, this kid is the real deal. As soon as I heard that, so the deal that I had when I was a kid was free golf, free anything, mentoring, positive, positive, positive. So the whole thorn in my side thing, well, guess what? I got the perfect kid to do all that too. He didn't pay for anything the rest of his career at Navy, either did Earl, you know, all the positive mentoring I could do. Um, coaching, you know, he would, what I would do there, uh, as far as that's concerned, is when he would have a lesson, he would just debrief me on what he learned and how it impacted his swing all the time. He loved doing that. So every time he went, and one thing people don't realize is Tiger would take lessons from anybody. Yeah. Anyone, there's probably a million guys out there that have given Tiger Woods a lesson from when he was young. Because um, he was that kind of kid. If Tiger wasn't the greatest golfer in the world, I'm telling you, he would be the greatest instructor in the world. Interesting. He just, you know, a few of the guys, Butch Harmon, you know, some of the big names, get it and they know how yeah. to present i mean all the information's out there for all of us but it takes a real you know the best um you know it's like there's you know a handful of guys who are the best in golf a handful of guys are best in basketball a handful of guys are the best in any sport you pick a handful of guys are the best instructors it's not like you know they're playing a different game it's just they're better at right you know, right delivering the information and well tiger has that ability as well so I'm really curious to see how, what he does with his kid. Already his kid, Charlie, looks just like he Yeah, does. I know. It's amazing to watch the two of them and compare them, I know. But Tiger didn't get that swing until he came back from Butch when he was right. uh, when he was 18. He went to Butch when he was 17. Um, I'm jumping around, aren't I? Where was I? No, 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 no. That's okay. You're too bad. So just, I mean, just I'm just curious. So as a teenager and stuff, I mean, you obviously had – relationship you established with them so you kind of what was your in a relationship with them as he now is 14 15 16 17 i mean i'm i don't remember when i guess he probably didn't move to florida until a little bit later so is he there during the next couple of years while you're still at navy yeah 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 from 13 to basically 15 those two years was was my closest years with Tiger. He was, I love this kid. He was the little brother I never had. Went to the house all the time for dinner. I was playing golf with Earl every Wednesday. I played golf with Earl every Wednesday for five years. Tita would come by the pro shop just to talk about Tiger. I would go to the house again for dinner. I was very, very close uh, at that time um, to Tiger. And, uh, you know, I caddied for him and his junior regional stuff. Um, that was 13, 14, 15. And then when he was about 15 or 16, 
you know, I remember when he was that age, like the first year when he's 14, for example, he was at the course every day, sun up to sundown every day, every day, either that or he's playing in tournaments after school. He's at the course till dark weekends. He's at the course sun up to sundown all the time. So that was going on for about a year. And me and Earl and the family have gotten very close by now. And I tell Earl, I go, what would you do if you wanted to quit? You know, because I was getting a little concerned. I mean, I was at the course when I was a kid, sun up to sundown all the time. Right. But to see it like this, I mean, for a minute there, I was literally Tiger's only friend in the world from my perspective. Right. Right. He wasn't right. here with buddies at the course. He was by right. himself. I didn't know how healthy that was at the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I mean, thinking back, I was no different and I loved every minute of it. So I don't know what I was worried about, but you worry about that. Sure. Oh, they let me take him to the park one day. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'll never forget. So I begged Tita to let me take him to the park. You know, it took like six months because there's a park right across the street. We're going to play basketball, you know, and she said, but no football. So Tiger's 14 and he was a small 14 year old. I'll tell you this story real quick. So finally, after all this pleading, I go, you know, he needs a life. He doesn't do anything. Finally, she lets me. All right, you can go to the park, but no football. She said, but no football. So I brought a football. <laughs> what could go wrong? So we play basketball and I'm playing with two, uh, two active duty, two guys that are, you know, I'm six, two, these guys, you know, are taller than me and tigers, you know, about a hundred pounds soaking wet about five, six or seven at the time. He's a little 14 year old kid at the time. He might've been a little five, eight, but, but I'll tell you what, he had a beautiful, beautiful shot, right? He was very quick. He could dribble, he could play ball. But these guys, you know, now they know who Tiger is. They're taking nothing but pleasure and smashing him to the ground. You know, just <laughs> all the all of the above. They weren't giving him any mercy out there. So I'm like, you know, and finally he, he got knocked to the ground a couple of times. I go, you know what, this I'm going to get him injured. You know, All right, let's play yeah. football. Yeah. Let's play football. So we play two on two football. What people don't know is that Tiger was a rocket. Tiger was faster than all of us. And we were adults, you know, and he was 14. He was a rocket. And I remember we it was an automatic touchdown when Tiger come off the line, boom, just outrun the guys. I just throw it over their heads. It's touchdown, touchdown. So they start getting mad. So I'm like, all right, let me show you how to cover this kid. All right. So Tiger comes off the line. I turn, he's already 10 yards by me. I just let him go. I go. Oh my God. Okay. I see what you mean. Cause he was that fast. I couldn't believe wow. it. I thought that was fast. This kid's a rocket. So the guy throws the ball. Tiger's just running full speed. And uh, I'm doing the math. So I'm seeing the ball coming down. Tiger's running. He's looking over his shoulder at the ball coming down and right behind him. He's running straight towards a birch tree. I'm uh-oh, like, uh-oh. And this is like 40 yards down the way. So he's on full tilt. And I scream, you know, look out as loud as I could. He catches the ball right into the tree, drops like a stone. I'm like, oh, my God. I mean, he hit it hard. I'm like, I'm thinking I killed Tiger Woods. Oh, my God. So I go running up to him, and I'm running full speed to 40 yards. I'm looking at him the whole time. He's not moving. And I get to him, and I'd never really seen a guy knocked out before because I lifted up his eyes, and they were white. His eyes are white. It was really freaky looking. And uh, I screamed to Earl, uh, Walt, 
Walt Olson, who was an EMT in the Coast Guard, I go, Walt, I, I killed Tiger. I was freaking out. Mind you, this is just 30 minutes into our big day at the park. The right. Big day at the park. Right. He's knocked out. So uh, Walt comes running over. And while Walt's coming over, I'm slapping Tiger's face hard, you know, wake up, live. And he starts coming to him like, oh, thank God. And Walt gets there again. He was an EMT and he goes, oh, no. oh he's all right. He, he just has a concussion. <gasps> oh, my God, concussion. Teen is going to kill me. So like 30 minutes into our big day at the park that took me six months to get approval for. No football. <laughs> Tiger gets knocked out playing football. I'm driving him back home. I couldn't wow. believe it. I couldn't believe it. Wow. I remember that after that one um i wouldn't answer the phone in the shop because i kept waiting for tita to call i kept waiting for <laughs> tita to call so it's like uh uh three days later and uh scotty this other guy i worked with in the shop he's like here's for you and he hands me the phone and i put my hand over the receiver and i and i go who is it and he starts running out of the shop and he goes Tina, oh my God. <laughs> so I answer the phone and and uh, first thing out of her mouth is, "You want the trophies?" I'm like, "What?" I thought I was in trouble. Do you want the trophies? I go, "Yeah," because what had happened was, you know, I had that one week long junior class, right? Right. Right. And Tiger, the number one go junior golfer in the world. <laughs> Is that my course? I had Tiger speak to my junior class. I had the number one junior golfer in the world talking to my junior class. It was, you know, for about three years, he did that for me. It was unbelievable. But while he was there, I showed him, you know, that week, I showed him, I go, look at this trophy. The trophy was the little marble base and the golfer. That was it. It was just the marble base and the golfer. It was like no stuff in the middle of that with the golfer at the top. It was just the marble, but you never seen such a cheap piece of junk in your life. I was so mad. So Tiger saw that. And this is like just a few days after he got it knocked out. Tita's all, you want the trophies? And if you go into Tiger's house, it wasn't a huge house. It was maybe 1,200 square feet. But every single, like along every wall on the floor was a trophy. Every, along the, all the kitchen you know, the countertops along the backsplash was trophies. Everywhere in the house was a trophy from the front door all the way, all the bedrooms, trophy shelves, all the trophy shelves were full. He had hundreds and hundreds of trophies. You want the trophies? And I'm like, yeah, how many? She goes, all of them. I'm like, yeah. It took three of those little Toyota pickup trucks. Remember back in the day? Yeah, sure. Toyota trucks. It took three of those to get all the trophies over to the golf course. And he gave me the big giant ones too, the six footers. He gave me all yeah. of them. So like the first three years, I gave a first, second and third place in my little junior camp thing. You know, sometimes I only gave a first and a second. Cause like there's only two girls in class that week. Cause again, we're so far from long beach. The trophies for the first three years were taller than the kids that won them. Wow. Wow. So right now there's some kids out there with these six foot gigantic trophies for a two hole golf tournament on the cruiser course at Navy, you know, and uh, probably don't even realize that they're tiger. They were tiger trophies. What an so experience. Wow. Yeah. 
forget, there was 297 trophies uh, that he had given us. And I still, I still have, uh, I gave, when he turned pro, I knew, I kind of knew back then that they didn't really realize, you know, the importance of these trophies. So, you know, after he signed and turned pro, you know, I ended up giving most of them back. Most of them. There was two out of all those trophies. There was two with his name on them from Hartwell Golf Course when he was a little kid, when he was six and seven in Tiger Woods. It was the only two that, you know, because you win a golf tournament, just says first place. They're not right, like, right, right. But they, this had his name on it. Yeah. I kept those two. Yeah, champ. I still got those two, buddy. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, so that was that. And then uh, when he, you know, I mean, like I said, we're close. I love this kid. It was like, you know, I, I felt in a way God was like giving me a little brother, you know, yeah, that I could sure. protect and all that stuff and give back to. And then, you know, again, I was like a little, he didn't have any friends. So when he got to high school, I think he was about 15. And I'll never forget this. He, uh, he's on the high school golf team and he made friends with the guy on his team, Brian, Brian Bell. And I remember seeing him i went out to the range i knew tiger was there I go driving out to the range and i stopped about halfway because i saw him with a friend i saw him with brian you know and i'm like part of me was like happy yo good he's got a kid a buddy yeah. and then the other part of me is like oh man there goes that right you here know? goes your little buddy right exactly so he started hanging out with brian and and uh which is the natural course of events. He needed of course, to sure. go and I needed to let him go. But, you know, it was so wonderful. Those, those couple of years that I was, you know, just so very close with him was just a beautiful thing, man. That and then we cool. were so close. I mean, we, when he came back from college, we double dated to medieval times, that kind of stuff. But, uh, you know, he got a girlfriend. Oh, everybody gets a girlfriend. So I was on a, so I was, I was like, don't get a girlfriend mode, you know, cause I had had nothing but trouble with, with women in my young life at the time. And I'm like, tell them, don't you, you know, you get to where you want to go. You'll have the pick of the litter. Just it's a distraction. You need to keep doing what he's doing. I was always don't get a girlfriend. Don't get a girl. And he took that to heart, right. For a long time. And then he shows up one day with this girl, Dina from high school. Yeah. And Dina was a high school girl that, uh was beautiful beautiful she looked like a full-grown woman you know uh that's as gently as i could put it she's blonde blue-eyed bombshell beautiful and i remember laughing i go of course right he goes and gets a girlfriend and she's like the prettiest one you know it was that that did not surprise me um yeah. So then, you know, he was, you know, that was that, that was, she was good for him though. I mean, really, I felt in that respect because he got to experience that, you know, again, right. his whole life sure. had been about golf. Yep. So I thought she was cool. I thought Brian was cool. Um, you know, we were all, we all love this kid, you know, um, he, uh, he worked. So just being around him made you better. I can't explain it. You know, when I was running with them, I got, I was working full time at Navy. Uh, I was teaching. I got a real estate license. I was doing loans with Calco Financial. I, was, I had my real estate license at Huntington Beach Realty. I got an insurance license. I was, I was uh, uh, working for Matt. I had a 
uh, working for Mass Mutual. So I'm working for Mass Mutual. I'm doing all this stuff. And I produced a music demo for some guys that, you know, I like their music. I said, I'm going to produce. I mean, I was working 100, 110 hour weeks and I wanted more just by the energy, by being around this kid and his family. You know, the Team Tiger blueprint, it was unbelievable. There was nothing we felt you couldn't do. I remember when Tiger was like six, down six in that one amateur, you know, after yeah. 18 holes. It was Steve Scott, yeah. Yeah, and there was absolutely no doubt in my mind, or Tita's or Earl's, that he was going to win this thing. There was yeah. no doubt. But all the people that knew I knew Tiger was calling the shop. I was in the shop that day, calling the shop, just burying Tiger. Oh, he's going down. This is not I go. I mean, there was absolutely zero doubt in my heart. I'm like explaining to him, no. I go, you don't understand. You don't understand what you deal with the person you're dealing with here. You know. know, you don't, you'll see. And sure enough, you know, he chased him down and won. It was, it was just, yeah, like that, 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 I, I remember that vividly. I mean, the, the six straight amateurs, the three straight junior amateurs and the three straight men's amateurs. So six years in a row to win all those matches, including that one against Steve Scott is, I mean, you know, there's so many obviously unbelievable records he has, but that to win that many consecutive matches in the USGA finals like that, I mean, it's just, it's remarkable. Just remarkable. Yeah. It's, yeah. And I was front and center, right? When all that was going down, it was my guy right there. And uh, that is very cool. I want to get to the adaptive golf stuff, but just to sort of, before we leave Tiger, I mean, did, so do you, did you have any sort of continuing relationship with him at all? I mean, I know he moved across the country, a little after that and went to Florida. I mean, did you, you sort of stay in touch at all or is it kind of like he was across the country and into his life and that was that? <laughs> no, it was it was that. It was across the country. And I, I went there that night that he signed. You know, he signed with Nike and, and we're right. all excited. And, but there's a bunch of suits in the house. They didn't really have a huge house. So I'm like, I'll be back in the morning. I show up in the bright and early and it's just Earl and Tita. I go, where's champ? She's all, he moved. And I go, he moved. And you can appreciate this. I'm thinking Redondo, right? Yeah, yeah. Redondo or Torrance, right? I go, where'd he move to? She goes, Florida. I go, Florida. I go, he moved. To, I was here last night and he moved, was moving to Florida. Nobody said, you better say, I mean, Earl, Tiger was busy. He couldn't say anything. Nobody told me to say goodbye because he's moving to Florida. What? I was like, that was kind of the first volley. But I still was hanging with Earl after that. Tita still came by the shop for a little while because we just missed him so much, you know? Right, sure. And, uh, but as, as you know, the whole, it, it, he just exploded, you know? I was, right. I was getting these interview requests. The public affairs officer wouldn't let me talk to the media back then. I must have got 400 interview requests. And, uh, I mean, it was just too much. It was a lot. But uh, he moved to Florida. Then Earl died in 2006. That was the last time I gave him a big hug there. I sat with him and his mom and that was the last time things were kind of normal, but I was torn because I hadn't seen him in like six years. Right, right. And now I'm seeing him at his dad's funeral. I was so happy to see him and I was so bummed at the circumstances and I, it just wasn't. And that was it. That's the last time I gave him a hug. And uh, that was 2006. However, you talk about the adaptive stuff. I mean, that, I mean, I believe me, I'm all the adaptive stuff I'm doing now. I mean, I'm fine with my tiger history because most, a lot of it's junior related and I sure, got the team tiger sure. blueprint. I was on team sure. tiger. I was an original member. I was OG team tiger kind of thing. And, and I know the success we're having like the first T people don't realize the first T 
was started by Earl Woods and President Bush, but all that's based around the Team Tiger blueprint. They don't know that. Right. And then you won't see Earl's name anywhere mentioned in first. I don't know why, but that was all because of Tiger Woods. Well, let's go to Earl. Let's get a first. Let's get this going on. You know, what did Earl do? So I was there. I got all the stories and all the information on how Earl treated Tiger, how Tita treated Tiger, how Tiger related to them. I got all the stories. So you, you'll hear about it sooner or later. But Tiger's 4.1 miles from my door right now. You know, so I don't know. I'm doing a lot of stuff here on, in Florida. You know, I'm working with the inner city kids. I'm working with a guy named Larry Lee. I'm working with Congressman Mass, uh, uh, Derek Hankerson. You know, these guys and my heart's in the inner city community because I was able to go into South Central. I got all the stories, you know, and did some great, great things in South Central. Um, and I'm looking to do that here. I'm still doing, you know, my team's still doing my work in California, but I want to see what I could do now that I'm in Florida, what we could do here. You know, we already got the vets. We already got disabled kids. Um, I want to work. I want to get into the uh, like Fort Pierce and the inner city kids there working with Larry Lee on that. we got a program. Yeah. And, and I absolutely want to get into that because that's so much a part of your career. And so if I'm remembering right, um, like 96 ish, I think maybe it was when you were at Hartwell that you were asked by Long Beach Memorial Hospital to sort of give a clinic to stroke victims. And that's kind of where it got started, right? In that part of your career. <laughs> you did your homework, man. Uh, yeah, I yeah. got it. <laughs> Yeah, check. So the victim of the stroke class. So now, mind you, I'm at Hartwell because this is in, uh, well, it was actually 94, right? I got all the Tiger history. Everybody knows who I am in that area. Yeah. And Hartwell, Tiger played Hartwell when he was a little kid. So I go to Hartwell part time. I made more money at Hartwell uh, in one day than I did in two weeks at Navy making bottom dollar for the Navy. So I started these junior programs at Hartwell. 10 12, two and four on Saturdays on my day off, 10, 12, two and four. They filled up. There was waiting lists. Everyone wanted in on this. I had all these pictures of me and Tiger and Earl out front and all this stuff. So uh, it was a cool thing and it was a good fit. I'm fresh off of the team. So I got all this stuff I want to pass on to the kids. It's, it's just going great. And then Long Beach approached me. Hey, how about some outpatient victims of stroke stuff, Joe? I'm like, sign me up. I'll do this. I, my uncle had a stroke. He couldn't even tell nothing. You know, I'm like, I'll do it. I'm so I'm sitting there. I'm thinking three guys are going to show up and uh, 21 outpatient mm. victims of stroke. Wow. These are serious stroke victims. 21 caregivers, a bunch of family. I'm expected three guys. <laughs> so it's just me. So I'm like, I'm like, oh, I don't know what to do. So I got uh, one of my junior golfers who's a very mature for his age is there. And uh, I, I recruited him immediately. And he still to this day says that whole experience changed his life. So wow. uh, what we could do with that, what I learned really quickly was it wasn't the golf instruction. None of these guys are getting on tour. It was the camaraderie of the group. Sure. I remember the, the lady that was in the worst shape, you know, her hands were stuck in an immobile position. She couldn't speak. She couldn't walk, but she just loved being there. She had a gate belt. She's in a wheelchair. So I had a gate belts, a belt with handles on the back. So I could lift her up a little bit. Yeah. So I put the club in her hands. I get behind her, lift her up. And she had one pass at the ball to try to knock it off the tee before the club fell out of her hands. And then we had to start all over again. Mm-hmm. And it took several attempts before she could finally just tick the ball off the tee. That was her goal. 
That was hers. And when she would do it, the whole rest of the class would cheer. And I would treat her like she just won the masters. <laughs> you know, so it was a beautiful thing. So this I could do. I could have a great time with these guys. That's all I knew how to do. So I was asking this woman's caregiver, I go, why does she go through all this trouble to get here? You know, they got to load her in the truck and this and that. Right, and right. He goes, oh, no, Joe. The only time she gets out of the house, house yeah. to come to your class. Right. When it's class day, she just lights up like a Christmas tree. This class is keeping her alive. This class is keeping her going. And that's when I went, oh, my God. You know, it is the camaraderie of the group. It is the the care, concern, and compassion in, in, that she's getting. So knowing that, I was able to arm myself mightily and jump right into all adaptive golf, uh, military, uh went down to Pendleton. I still, my Pendleton thing's still going. My Long Beach VA thing's still going. We got into the LA VA. We got into the San Diego VA. And it was all about, and PJ Hopes completely mirrors that. It's all about therapy. It's not golf instruction. It's golf therapy. Right, so that was right. when the light bulb went off there. I was able to do all kinds of great things. Um, ended up going to, uh, like I mentioned, South Central earlier. So I go to Whittier Narrows. I left Hartwell. I go to Whittier Narrows and I'm there for one year, January 2000 to December 2000, one year. And in that year, the USGA was pitching a uh, kids on course program, which allowed kids, underserved kids to come to your course and use it. So I signed up. So I had the kids from Chester, Washington, which is in South Central LA on the edge of Compton and Watts, uh, come up to my golf course. And they turned out to be the most awesome kids I'd ever met, you know, I'm not going to lie. The first thing I didn't know, because you, you, as you know, back then when gang violence was all, the only, the only media we're getting out of South Central was gangs and violence right, and right. bad, bad, bad. They didn't do anything to do with the beautiful right. people that are there doing all kinds of great work. They still don't do that. So anyway, the kids come up, they're awesome kids. They're awesome kids. Uh, and they're good golfers. Well, I happen to have become friends with the guy who ran juvenile hall, which was near Whittier Narrows juvenile hall was. So I convinced him to bring his juvenile hall kids over for the golf therapy thing. And I had my inner city kids or the instructors and comrades in arms, man. It was the most awesome thing you ever saw in your life. Then I started a junior blind. I went to the, I, I went to the United, uh, USBGA, United States Blind Golf Association, had us go to the Junior Blind of America in LA, and we learned how to teach the blind. And before I left, I had them bring their kids. I set a date. Well, I had my inner city kids were the, were the guides for the blind kids. And this year is like my 24th golf clinic for the Junior Blind is going to be this year if I'm able wow. to pull it off. And from that, I was, I got, from the National Golf Course Owners Association and the USG, my kids on course program, utilizing my kids from the inner city, got course and junior program, best in nation. Wow. Basically just doing this golf therapy stuff. Uh, unfortunately, didn't get any media attention. Imagine that. <clears throat> and I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to South Central. So then I ended up going down to Chester, Washington. And uh, I was there for four years before I ended up going back to Navy. And that was like, you know, the, the, biggest regret in my personal career was leaving those kids in South Central because, you know, the father's rate, they say 70%, it was more like 90%, you know, and being a golf coach and being a mentor, you know, you kind of have that impact on the kids there. 
And it was so awesome because you just give them a little care, concern and compassion and they would just blossom right in front of you, you know. And, you know, I remember one really sharp, smart kid. He got straight F's. He was just angry. He was angry kid. And uh, he was he was like the leader of the he was a great kid. And we all knew he could do better. And we just let him know that, you know, we care. We want him to do good. Don't do good for you. Do good for us because we care about it. You know, you can't do it for yourself. Do it for us. Straight A's the next quarter, just like wow. that. You know, it's wow. just stuff like that. And uh, so I'm looking forward to getting down to Fort Pierce. Here is an underserved uh, place down here. Like I said, I'm working with the Derek Hankerson from Brian Mass Office and Larry Lee. That's going to be an incredible experience. We got all the other programming coming on. I'm already doing vet clinics here. I'm already doing the disabled kids here. We also freelance. You know, I do my, I do a disabled veteran clinic. We're going to add a police and fire too. We're going to add first responders. Uh, Monday, the masters, this will be my ninth annual masters Monday golf clinic in Augusta, Georgia. We just had the one at the Sony. We do one the Monday there for at Navy Marine for the military veterans there, the guys from the VA. Um, yeah, I mean, you're all, I mean, disabled veterans, wounded warriors. I mean, you're, you're part of so many different things. I mean, just, just so people may not be familiar with PGA Hope, which is, I think Hope stands for helping our patriots everywhere. Um, and it, that's sort of the flagship military program, I think, for the charitable arm of the PGA of America. And I know uh -huh. you're part of that. I mean, you're a national trainer for that, right, for the PGA Hope? Uh, until two weeks ago, I was. I just resigned from the National oh, okay. Training Team. Okay, we well, did that for a while, years, I know. Though. Yeah, the past four years, I've been a national trainer. I was. Uh, I did the West Coast pilot program. Jim Estes did the East Coast pilot program. Took copious notes, which are, that work became PGA Hope. So I'm, I'm highly invested in hope. Um, yeah, I just, I actually just resigned from the national training team like two weeks ago. It's, uh, it's, uh, it was little, you know, I'm in all inclusive now. I'm right. all inclusive with, with adaptive golf, PJ hope. I mean, I'm actually doing a PJ hope program at, you know, and I'll be there tomorrow. I'm, I still work hope programs. Just the national trainer thing. I think that, uh, you know, all that travel, I'm not, you know, I've seen the whole country several times. And, I'm sure. And hopes in great hands. And that should be a young pros game. You know, I'm yeah, 58 yeah. years old. There's so many awesome PJ professionals that are younger. There should be, I just want to give another pro a chance to experience going around the country and doing that. It's in great hands. I've met all the wonderful people of the PGA around the country. I'm totally blessed. Um, but it was time to, it was time to let somebody else do that. You know, there's only so much fun a guy can have, and then he's got to share. I so that was understood. Great. And you have your foundation, which is still ongoing, right? Joe Grumman. Absolutely. Golf. Yeah. Joe Grumman golf foundation.org. You can see, um, uh, what I do there and how to golf.com is where I sell my how to golf beginners guide. Me and Tiger on the cover, forward by Earl Woods. That's at howtogolf.com. All the proceeds go to that, go to the my foundation. And also that book's in English, Spanish, and Korean. Wow. Uh, on the hard copy, it's it's if you want to buy an ebook, it's only in English so far. Um, but we'll soon have the other ones done. But Joe Grumman Golf Foundation.org kind of explains what I do. Um, yeah, being a national trainer again, uh right now I uh um, my, what I want to do now that I'm in Florida, number one, I wanted to start getting, there's, 
there's some there's an underserved community here that nobody's doing anything for and that's my right. big you know that's my south central that's no there's so many awesome golf courses there's so much money in here and no one's doing there's a, one of the pros here i was explaining you know it's a whole lot of nothing going on you got some hope going on i'm working with san antonio holmes got a 10 all-in program and when he gets a a load of what we're doing down in Fort Pierce, he's going to be all in. He's a great, he's a great young man. You know, I help him with his program out in Bell Glade, but that's about it. Really. That's it. You got San Antonio Holmes of Southern uh, South Florida PJ puts a lot of emphasis on what they do for him. They help with the high school golf team. Well, there's a lot more going on in South Florida than one place. You know what right. I mean? Of course. Sure. So, so I met the right people. God's put these people in my life. Larry Lee, he's got the land. He's got the Fazio people are, are involved and, and, and it's going to happen. And I'm really, really excited about that. You know, I start my disabled golf class for juniors on uh, Monday. I'm really excited about that. You know, hanging with the L's people. There's a lot of love out here and I'm, I'm, I'm just looking forward to it. So that's the, that's why, you know, for me to be a trainer, I've hooked up with First Tee. I'm doing programming for the vets a couple times a week. That's another reason I had to leave Hope because it, you can't just all of a sudden leave. You know, you, you have to have your schedule in concrete. Sure, you know? sure. I'm flying around the country doing all this stuff. I can't, I can't put my time and energy towards these programs that mean more to me right now. Hope's in great hands. That's all I can say. And you've certainly been recognized. I mean, it must be pretty cool. I mean, you've won so many different awards. I know you're in the... I mean, you're in Long Beach Golf Hall of Fame um, uh, and, uh, you know, all the SCPGA awards. But I mean, I've been think, looking over the tons of things you've gotten in terms of awards. I mean, Armed Forces Recreation Special Citation Award from the U.S. Navy seems like a pretty cool one. And then, of course, the Patriot Award from the PGA of America in 2021. Those are pretty neat. Those are monsters. Yeah, the we we flew to like Minneapolis or somewhere for the Navy to give me that award. A three star admiral gave me that award. It was uh, wow. That was Navy worldwide too. That was a big boy award. That oh one. yeah. And uh, the Patriot Award for the PGA of America, the National Patriot Award that I just got last year. I couldn't be more proud. And and the beauty of that award is for me to win it is so many people had to be involved, you know, so it's like a shared award, my volunteers, you know, my instructors, even my students, you know, that wanted to come be a part of all that stuff. So that's, that's, what's cool about that is, you know, so many awesome people throughout the years kind of get to share in that Patriot award. So. Yeah, for sure. And, and, you know, I'll just, uh, last thing I'll just sort of mention, I thought was neat is, um, the adaptive open that the USGA had last year. I mean, after all these years and, you know, golf was in special Olympics and stuff, but it was great to see the USGA finally do that. I mean, I think that from all I read and saw, that was a tremendous success. And that must've been kind of neat for you, given your huge involvement in that community in golf to see that success. You can't imagine that gave us legitimacy. We've been grinding away for 30 years, you know, <laughs> with nobody paying in any mind. And also the USGA stepped in. I'm I'm in with the I'm in with all the national players in the adaptive golf world, USDGA, USAGA, NOAGA, all the people. I know it with all my friends. Right. And we it was just to rejoice that the USGA said, okay, let's do this. You know, no, that gives us credibility. It finally, the last two years is the first time that people are starting to take notice of adaptive golf, you know, and 
and right. the importance of it and what it can mean to the adaptive golf community. And oh, it's just a beautiful thing. I'm super excited. I'm actually going to go to Pinehurst. I kind of regret not going to that one. All my buddies went to that one, you know, just to be there. <laughs> I didn't go, but I'm going to this one. So I'm going to go to this one. That's awesome. Well, listen, I know you got to run. This has been fantastic, Joe, and and the work that you've done and continuing to do in Florida, all the great stuff did in California and you're continuing in Florida is just awesome for the game. And um, I really appreciate you spending some time with us today um, and talking about that. And and the Tiger Woods stuff, of course, is 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 awesome uh, for you to have had a front row seat at that part of his life. So thank you so much for sharing all that with us today. Oh, my pleasure, Larry. Thanks. I enjoyed this, man. It was a lot of fun talking to you. Thanks.